Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's episode. I'm being joined by Stephen Manchel, attorney at law. And Stephen has a very unique area of law. I, um, uh, I'm fascinated by this. Stephen considers himself a recruiting attorney. And Stephen Manchel possesses the highest possible uh, attorney rating and has extensive national experience in the areas of employment, if you will, recruiting. Uh, it, specifically, a lot of people uh, will leave their job, their current job, to go to the competitor. And that can be very complicated. Uh, a lot of us have uh, non-compete clauses. Also, he, he works with people who have just sold their business uh, to, uh, and, and maybe they're gonna go get a job against, uh, again, with, the, uh, with a, uh, an agreement that, things, uh, that makes things a lot stickier, if you will. Uh, Stephen uh, Manchel, welcome to the show. All right, so uh, this is kind of a, a unique, very niche area of law. How did you get started in this field? Not by design. About <laughs> uh, about 30 years ago, uh, maybe a little bit less, I was approached by a very large uh, uh, brokerage house, uh, investment house, that was constantly hiring from Merrill Lynch, who at the time was one of the only entities that had a non-compete. And so each week there would be uh, fighting between the two companies. I was given that work. And from there I've done directly and indirectly thousands of transitions. And what I came to really focus on was the time period be between when someone decided whether they were going to leave and when they actually said, I resign. And, and the focus is because what I saw over the years was that everybody, and, and understandably so, focused on the question of whether they had an employment agreement, a non-compete agreement, or a non-solicit agreement. And that's very important, especially if you have one. But that's really step two in the process. Step one is how do you get out from where you are to go to the competitor? What can you say during an interview? What books and records can you keep? Who can you tell? And at this moment in time, in particular, there are over 3 million people a month that are voluntarily quitting their jobs. A month? A month. That is now, a staggering amount. Well, now, some of them are retiring. Some are going to walk in the woods to find themselves. But there's a significant <laughs> amount that are, going, that are going to the competition. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess, yeah, when you break it down like that, it's, uh, I'm thinking, man, 3 million people swapping uh, constantly. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, this is a, a very interesting uh, area. And what really caught my attention is uh, about a million years ago, when I was like 17 or 18, I was working in the health club industry. And I might have been 16 or 17. I was extremely, you know, fairly young. I believe I was like 16 or 17. Um, and so I quit the health club I was working at to go work for the competitor. And uh, the, uh, the uh, company I quit, uh, even though I gave them sufficient notice, uh, you know, I think I gave them a week's notice, something like that, uh, they, they were upset and they contacted my current employer and said, hey, this guy's got a non-compete. If you continue to employ him, we're gonna come after him and you. And of course, I'm 17, 16. I, I didn't know what uh, 
you know, how to deal with this. And even though they probably didn't have a leg to stand on, because again, I'm, I'm 16 or 17, I'm under eight. Uh, my new competitor didn't want to deal with it. And I ended up losing my job. That happens uh, more than you, you would think. Um, the way I describe it is people ask me all the time, are non-competes enforceable? The way I describe it is a non-compete's a contract like any other contract, and and it does vary state by state. We do this in in all over the country and and internationally at times as well. And it, it, there are two questions. One is is the contract as written enforceable? For example, in California, it's illegal to have a non-compete. The second question is. When it comes time to enforce it, like you're in your situation, when a 16-year-old moves to another gym, will it be enforced? The odds are overwhelming that it won't be enforced. Now, to, to be clear, they absolutely are legal, except in those states where they're illegal. Again, California is one that comes uh, to my mind right now. But everywhere else, for the most part, some need to have certain bells and whistles to be legal. But if you have a non-compete, that's something for you to definitely take into consideration before you leave to join the competition. And, and to your story, there, there's a spectrum here. Like you would be the least likely person that it would actually get enforced against at age 16 or 17. Right. On, the, on the other end of the spectrum, where we'd be most likely to be enforced would be, for example, the CEO of a company that just got purchased. And as part of the purchase, he or she agrees to a two-year non-compete. Most courts will say, look, you're an adult. You got a lot of money. It's part of a deal. And we're going to hold you to this agreement. All right, are, are you there? I am. <laughs> anyway, a little technical difficulty. So the book's called I Hereby Resign. It's, uh, it deals with job transitioning, how individuals properly prepare, uh, resign, and move to the competition, and how, to, uh, and how companies uh, best manage that process. Uh, what uh, inspired you to write this book? Uh, there's obviously, uh, you know, uh, other books similar in this uh, genre. So tell, tell me about your experience. Why did you decide to write the book? About probably now 17 years ago, I co-authored a, a case study, which is a, basically a glorified story uh, for the Harvard Business School. And I've been teaching it, coming in as a guest lecturer for almost 17 years now. And what I realized and, and what became a part of my practice is that people, I haven't met a lot of people that I think are genuinely unethical when they leave from one job to another. They just don't know. There are, there are so many people out there who are thinking about joining the competition or thinking about leaving their job to go somewhere else who have no idea about the rules of the road, what we call the do's and the don'ts of leaving. Everybody knows about a non-compete. Everybody knows about non-solicitation agreements and non-recruitment agreements. But I saw 
virtually no literature at all on the notion of what do you do from the moment you say, I'm interested in leaving, to you say to your manager, I'm resigning. And so this book is built around that process. I take the case study that I co-authored. It's at the beginning of the book, so readers can see as a very practical way the, the, the way the person left. And then the rest of the book, half of it, I take the readers through what he did right and wrong so that they can see in real time the best way to leave. And then the second half of the book was actually a bit controversial because there really isn't any literature out there that handles both the company side and the employee side. Books are usually written for one or the other. And I felt very strongly that since the two were inextricably linked in the process, both, shot, both sides should see what the other side was doing. And then finally, I wanted to be practical and absolutely devoid of any legalese. Like my mother read it and liked it. There's no, it's, this is not a lecture on the law. This is, this is a useful, practical guide for people thinking about going. I love it. I love it. All right. So in uh, that, uh, that was going to be one of my follow up questions, but you kind of answered that. So, so this book isn't uh, hard to read. Uh, it's, it's really, it sounds like it's for anybody in this transitional period that has questions. They can pick up your book. I hereby resign and read it, understand it and kind of be prepared for the process. Yeah, and it's a whopping 84 pages long. I'm very, I'm very brief and I'm very uh, precise. Funny side story, my father is also an author and he's written over 20 books and they're all between you know three and 500 pages. And so when my book ended up at their house for the first time, uh, I got the classic mother call where she said she was very excited to see it, but she wanted to know why it was so skinny. And I said, Mom, I'm not writing for dad's audience. I'm writing for business people who need practical. You know, for example, I show you how to write a letter of resignation in it. And I say in the, I say in the book exactly how you should resign, how long a resignation should take, and what words you use when you resign. These are all things that as some of the reviews I've gotten have said, you know, they, they sound like um, practical, common sense guidance. But when you're in that moment and you're really nervous about what you're doing, you don't always think practically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and in today's world, it's become crazy. I mean, you, 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 you constantly hear somebody in the news suing somebody uh, for very trivial things. Obviously, you know, if you're suing somebody over something uh, important or complex, uh, like a non-compete, uh, th that's different. But at the same time, you have to be prepared uh, how, you know, uh, how this transition might affect you. Absolutely. And what I always say, what I always say to folks is, look, the only thing I want to fight about is the language of the contract. I'll fight about the non-compete and whether it should be enforced. But what I don't want to fight about, because that's where things get really bad, is improper behavior before you leave. I, I mean, I've been doing this for almost 30 years. I can tell you there are no nastier cases, no larger awards, and no bigger settlements than, than matters involving an employee who did something bad before they left, like pre-solicited their revenue sources. That kind of stuff will make judges, and, and rightfully so, extremely upset. Yes. Uh, and, and yeah, like you said, rightfully so. I mean, whether it's a judge or a jury, they're going to look at that as, uh, 
you know, some kind of premeditated, you know, hey, you're doing this, you're, you know, you're, you're, uh, I, I think the terms and you correct uh, the term, you correct me if I'm wrong is, is, uh, uh, dirty hands or your, you know, your hands aren't clean. I mean, you were like, you know, this could have hurt your former employee or employer. So yeah, I think it's definitely hugely frowned on. And, and it is, that is the term unclean hands. And, and look, I, let's get really simple about it. You're, you're working for a company. You cannot compete with the company you're working for. You can compete with them when you leave and you quit and you go over to the next company, provided that you don't have a non-compete agreement. But while you're there and taking a paycheck, you are not allowed to do things that are competitive. Now you can get ready to go, so, for example, if you want to make up your business cards, you can make up your business cards for the next company, but you can't start handing them out while you're still at the company that's paying you. Sure. So, yes, judges and juries look at and it's, it, you know, they look at it as, as just unethical and, and anti-competitive. And, and again, as you said, rightfully so. I mean, if, if you're taking somebody's paycheck, you're taking somebody's money and their time. Uh, I think anybody would be pissed off that you're handing out, uh, not only handing out your cards on their, on their dime, but even worse when you're handing it directly out to your, your current uh, customer base. That's, that's a massive uh, no-no. So, so this brings up a question. Stephen, when should somebody start reading your book? When in that transition period uh, should they pick up your book and start preparing for the process? I recommend that they get it when they start to think they might leave. So the way I set the book up, especially for individuals, is I take you through the rules of the road of leaving. And then I say to you, okay, now let's talk about your decision to leave. If you can't transition in accordance with these rules, then don't go. And the other thing which I, 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 I tout a lot is, I don't think people are always honest enough with themselves about why they're leaving. For example, I hear all the time, you know, I didn't get the promotion I wanted. Okay, you wanted the promotion, I get that. But take a hard look at whether you deserve the promotion or whether the person who got it was equally deserving before you decide that you're just gonna jump ship. And the, the, a big focus of this book is to not make leaving emotional. To, to give folks a discipline that they can follow and make sure that from the moment they start thinking about it to their interviewing process, to the resigning process, and then to getting over to the next firm, they're fully prepared. Yeah, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. And it's difficult because I, I, I frankly believe we all make decisions based on emotion uh, even so, even though some people say, hey, I, I, I make my decisions on logic. Well, logic is just a feeling you get after you've gone through the analysis and you think, OK, here's my risk versus reward. And and I think, you know, I'm OK to go. Yes, that's you use logic, but it's all based on feelings. You feel as though you've covered your bases. You feel as though you've you, you understand the risk and therefore you're going to move forward. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we are emotional creatures. The the uh, and I like what you brought up there. Maybe the person who got the promotion deserved it as much as you did. Uh, and some, you know, what I what I have found out in a lot of cases is that people, instead of going up to their chain of command and say, "Hey, I thought I 
was worthy enough to get that promotion. You know, I've been with the company X amount. I've done all this great work. Why didn't I? Uh, they just become bitter. They hold it inside and they, you know, they become a toxic employee. And then, of course, they do get fired. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, in, in, in as part of that, a lot of times you'll have managers who are leaving. And the managers think they're smart enough not to pre-recruit their subordinates, you know, the folks who work for them and saying, you know, they don't say they don't come right out and say, you know, hey, come with me to the next place. But what they do is they start talking negatively about the company they're in because they are emotional and they are toxic. And that, too, is a violation. We call it preconditioning. You're you as a manager regardless of how you personally feel, your job as a manager is to protect the company. And if you walk around to folks that you know you want at the next company and say this place stinks and there are going to be great changes and who knows who will have what jobs, that's a form of competing as well. So I'm all for your emotion. If you want to be emotional about it, be emotional about it. I don't care. But I, I do not let the emotion affect the actual process of leaving. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, and, and so we've been talking quite a bit about the employee and what they should do. Now, let's say that I'm a CEO. I pick up your book. How does this book help me as a CEO, as the company? How does your book help me prepare for this transitional period? It does two things. First, it, it teaches you how to put a program in place. One of the things that I kind of preach is hiring from the competition shouldn't be a one-off. It shouldn't be something that's done haphazardly. There's a way to do it. And, and by the way, as I say in the book, when companies hire me to put these programs in place, I do not charge them for that, uh, which makes a lot of lawyers very angry. My view is if I put the program in place and it's run well, then the second benefit you'll get is you'll have more people recruiting better. And when they recruit folks, that's where I'll make my money but I, I don't charge for it. I teach them from the CEO down to everyone who's recruiting at the company, the process that should be in place to vet a recruit, make sure people are asking the right questions, make sure if you're with a candidate who's saying the wrong things, you're, you're, you're experienced enough and you've been taught well enough to walk away. So the hiring side is a very, very important part of the book. I like that. You know what, and. I want to say hats off to you. Congratulations on Thank that you. kind of thinking because that is a fantastic marketing strategy. You're giving them some top quality advice, some top quality strategies that is going to help them. And of course, they get, you know, you get to know them and they get to know you. There's no, uh, what do you call it, stress involved. You're not trying to, you know, push a contract on them. So they're able to, uh, what do you call it? understand what you do and what i love about this because I, I talk about this all the time help your customers by actually helping them and that's exactly what you're doing and so of course if something comes up where they need actual legal advice they're going to call stephen manshell and say hey here's what's going on can you help me and you know it, it's a great way to build it's a great way to build business it's a great way to build credibility it's it's a great way to to, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, get that name out there because here's an attorney who's going to help you set this up at no cost. Well, and, and I also believe in partnering with my clients. And if you don't have, if you don't contribute, 
then you're not partnering. Uh, for example, I always get the question from the CEOs or the high-level managers, how many people should we train? And what I say is there are some people in the company that are, are formal recruiters, like people in HR, headhunters and the like. But there are so many people in companies that are informal recruiters, you know, the manager taking people out to lunch, the peers that are looking for a new team member. That's another reason why I don't charge, because I want the company to be over-inclusive in terms of who we train. That's the best way to get everybody on the same page, and it's also the best way to get them out recruiting. You know, I think that's a, I think it's a fantastic, uh, just a, a great strategy. So again, if, if you're a lawyer and you're watching this, if you're, uh, uh, what do you call it, any kind of business person, you're watching this, a consultant, uh, what a great strategy is, is, as you said, partnering up with your, with your clients, so to speak, and, and, and showing them that you can help them by, again, helping them. Uh, all right. So, um, I, and I know I asked you this, I just can't remember, what kind of law were you practicing before you got involved in, in recruitment law? I was a trial attorney, and I've, and I've been a trial attorney technically ever since. I just have a real specialty in the transitions. Um, and I'm very fortunate to have a partner, Julie Brennan, who's an, an expert in the true employment stuff, you know, age discrimination, sex discrimination, um, because that comes up a lot in these situations. So I wanted to make sure that I had all the bases covered. And um, there are seven of us here, and we do anywhere from two to eight transitions a week all over the country. Wow. Okay. And and uh, I imagine uh, and I, that you probably help companies internationally as well, or are you just U.S. based? No, we've done. I've done work for companies in England, in Greece, uh, in France. Uh, typically, these are companies that are looking to come into the United States or have operations in the United States. Um, I've also participated in, in a worldwide survey of non-competes and, and whether they're enforced and, and when they're enforced. Uh, so that, that helps in terms of kind of my arsenal to deal with. Gotcha. All right. So I want to ask this, too, uh, because we did talk quite a bit about the non-compete uh, agreements. If somebody has a non-compete right now, uh, again, they grab your book. Will the book kind of help them uh, maybe answer some basic questions with the non-compete? Or should they just call your office if they have questions? What's your take on that? The book doesn't address non-competes. I'm actually getting a fair amount of pressure to do book number two on non-competes <laughs> uh, in, in plain English. I, I've, I'm, I'm serious. Uh, it doesn't. But what the book does, uh, and I did it on purpose, is whether you use my firm or another firm, when you're done reading that book, and for the individuals, it'll just be the first half. When you're done reading the book, you'll know what kind of lawyer to hire and what kind of questions to ask when you meet with a lawyer. So if you're meeting with someone who does not understand the things that you understand from the book, you can go get another lawyer. And I even talk in the book about the exact amount of time that a lawyer should bill you for, for looking at your non-compete and helping you get from, I want to leave to, I resign. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I love that. I love that. So uh, the book is non-legalese. Anybody can read it. It's 84 pages, uh, which, you know, to me, 84 pages for this niche of a, of a, of a situation, I think is, is perfect. I mean, it's, it's something that, uh, 
will prepare the reader without overwhelming them. So I, right. you know, I think it's a perfect, uh, uh, a perfect book. And something that I want to point out this, as as you mentioned to your mom, I'm not writing for for dad's audience. I'm writing for right. my audience, and and you know, all of us. You know, we're all time crunch, so I don't want to spend two or I don't want to read two or three hundred pages when eighty when eighty four will do. So I think that's again brilliant. And uh, the book again is called uh, "I Hereby Resign," available on Amazon uh, or wherever you pick up your favorite books. I'm going to put a link in the show notes as well, so you guys can just click the link and, and check out the book. Um, Stephen, it's been fantastic having you on the show. I think that your book is going to have a massive impact on uh, all these people transitioning to and from and looking forward to catching up with you again. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Anytime.